LeVar Burton is one of the best readers out there. This is a weird thing to say, but he was the host of Reading Rainbow, which people absolutely love. Uh, and I, I remember watching it with my younger siblings. Uh, they loved that show. He won, LeVar won a Peabody and a dozen Emmys for that show. Literally a dozen Emmys. Um, he was also on Star Trek The Next Generation, a program I've never seen, but I somehow know him from that because I live in the world. But if nothing else, you know that LeVar Burton is, um, he's an amazing reader uh, and you just want to hear him read things. Well, LeVar Burton has a new podcast uh, called LeVar Burton Reads. Each episode, LeVar picks one of his favorite short stories and reads it to you. It's really cool. You can go to uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts, go to LeVar Burton Reads uh, and, and subscribe to that podcast. You really will enjoy it. You'll enjoy him as a reader. You'll also enjoy discovering new stories, new authors, um, and so it's certainly worth it from uh, that perspective. Check out LeVar Burton Reads. Thanks to them for sponsoring today's podcast. Hey, this is a really cool opportunity that I want to let you know about. Every great show begins with a pitch. The PlayStation Emerging Filmmakers program is a one-of-a-kind opportunity to bring your original show idea to life. Submit your idea between now and August 1st. The top five submissions, chosen by PlayStation executives and industry professionals, will each see their pilot produced, plus $5,000 and a producer credit in the pilot. Uh, visit PlayStationFilmmakers.com for more information. Again, this is a really cool opportunity you just pitch your idea. All the instructions are on PlayStationFilmmakers.com. And uh, you could get a pilot made by PlayStation. Check it out. Now entering Nerdist.com. Breakfast with Phil Rosenthal is becoming an ATX television festival tradition. Last year, 2016, I sat down with Phil over breakfast tacos and in front of a live audience to talk about I'll Have What Phil's Having, his food and travel show. Uh, we talked about coffee. We talked about travel. We talked about how he resists the narrative of the very formal conversation I had set up for him. It was a lot of fun. Then this year, in ATX's Season 6, my pal Jen Robinson, the creator of Sweet Vicious, had breakfast with Phil in front of a live audience uh, to talk about even more food and travel and Everybody Loves Raymond and lots of fun stuff. Both conversations were really enjoyable, and we're giving them to you back-to-back. -back. So please enjoy. I'll have what Phil's having for breakfast. And join us next year at ATX Television Festival, where you can have breakfast with Phil. My name is Ben Blacker. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm the uh, creator and host of a podcast called The Writer's Panel. Are you familiar with it at all? Okay, good. Shh. Uh, good, I'm glad about that. I'm also a television writer myself, having written for programs such as Supernatural, um, Puss in Boots, and uh, Cassius and Clay, and uh, that's it. Let's get going. Please welcome Phil Rosenthal. 
to Lowell. Welcome. Good morning. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long way around. Good to see you. <laughs> Please sit. Okay. Um, first thing, <clears throat> I didn't get a taco. <laughs> That's right. I like to engender pity. <laughs> first you're, thing. You're an underdog. That's second to lowering people's expectations. <laughs> pity. <laughs> Now, Phil, I told you I had a, a plan here for us today because you've been on the podcast a couple of times. We've talked. <laughs> We're not at that portion yet. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't eat. This is, someone get this man a taco. Do you, I don't want to take your taco. <laughs> Ask for something else. <laughs> Who has chocolate? <laughs> Where have you eaten here that you've enjoyed this uh, the past couple days? I heard, right wait, first stop, he's, he didn't stop at the hotel. No. You got in the car to, that picked you up and said, take us to Torchies. These people understand. Pick, up your, pick up your mic. Right, all right, pick this up. Yeah. But we have our priorities, right? You get to a place, you, you, and if you're hungry, you go to the place that's famous for, you know, the, that the place is famous for. And then yesterday, you, now I'm going to make you, uh, I'm going to engender what, whatever the opposite of pity is. <laughs> I think it's hate. <laughs> I went with Norman Lear yesterday. That's right. <laughs> uh, to Franklin's. <gasps> And they were waiting for him, not, not me, <laughs> Norman Lear. Really? There is a secret thing. There's a, an Airstream trailer that I think is their office that is air conditioned. And in the back of the trailer is where, if it was your, you know, trailer home, there would be a, a, a table with two couchettes on either side. So Norman and I sit there, and they bring us all of Franklin's. I got to do that yesterday. I put a picture of it on my uh, Twitter to make the world hate me. I, <laughs> I think you need to understand. I think you, you do understand how special that is. I heard a story uh, the other night from a friend of mine who's on a television show that is appearing here uh, at ATX. The, the whole cast is here. And they asked their network if the network would call Franklin's and put aside a table for them so they could come, and Franklin's laughed at the network. <laughs> but when it's Norman Lear... When, when it's Norman Lear, they wouldn't let him pay. That's lovely. Sure. Aaron Fra they said this is from Aaron Franklin. They said this from Aaron Franklin. That's incredible. So you gotta That's love really that. Nice. That's fantastic. And you know, it's, uh, that place is really worth the wait. I mean, just yeah. the turkey. You would I think it's turkey, that, that, right? Yes. I put a picture of that on my Instagram because you don't, you don't have turkey breast like turkey breast is boring and dry. This is the juiciest, smokiest, most delicious. It doesn't even need sauce. It doesn't need any. It was so fantastic. <laughs> All right. My, my plan for today, my plan for today is to take you through an eight-course meal. <laughs> With Phil Rosenthal, this has been our amuse-bouche. 
Uh, of course, now this you're is just making me hungrier. By your the palate, way. your palate has been I hope, wet. What else is in your little bag? <laughs> are your are your proverbial juices flowing at this point? Um, I think we we have one more piece to the amuse, uh, which is a clip from your show. I'll have what Phil's having. Uh, just a little, just a little taste. Have you guys seen the show? We might. This might be the only clip we need to show. Whatever you want. I'm um, let's. Can you show the number nineteen clip, please? I'm just yelling at you. Number the 19. It's the pastrami Swiss coleslaw Russian dressing on the best rye bread in America sandwich. There's only one thing you have to know. It's number 19. Maybe, maybe what, I'm going to go different. You know, I, what, that's what my driver said. It's the driver, the guy who's driving me here, he says, they'll love you if you say number 19. Is that right? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You I don't can, want it. I, <laughs> I'll just have some jello. I, I thought, I thought, I, I believe, maybe I'm wrong, that Swiss cheese fights the pastrami. You would think that. You'd be wrong. Swiss cheese on pastrami? It's Langer's. It's not New York. It's, it's what are you all, doing? It's the best. Uh, listen, I'll get one. And if you want to bite, you don't have to commit. <laughs> I'll have my number 19. <laughs> Me too, because I don't like to make trouble like some people. I just want a regular pastrami sandwich. And the Swiss cheese that comes on a 19, I'd like you to take my cheese and shove it up his <laughs> Is that all right? <laughs> you didn't get to the sandwich. It's the best part. <laughs> I love that so much. That, to me, is all of life, right in that clip, because it's, it's... Look, I believe not to get heavy, but that we connect over food. I think you all know this. Since we're cave people coming out of... You and I killed a wild boar in the, in, the, in the bush. We would eat it together because we killed it. It's ours. We have to eat. And so we would bond over that, as we have for centuries, centuries, thousands of years. And then for me, I found in my 50-some-odd years of life that the deeper connection, the way we choose our friends, is our sense of humor. Connecting over these laughs. I believe that we choose our friends that way. I'll go one step further, I think it's who who we marry. Because I don't have to tell you other married people here that a lot of other things fade away. And so, we're left with our common sense of humor, or at least the appreciation of each other's sense of humor. So for me, the show is that. The show is really getting you to travel, to get you off the couch to come and travel with food and hopefully humor as the way in. Now, you've got, in this first season that we saw uh, on PBS last year, you got to visit some pretty exciting places, uh, some places you had been, some places, places you had not been. Right. Right. Um, Oh, by the way, this is the second course. We're only on the second course. The second course is something light, like a soup. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Big on flavor, not too filling. Remember that when you answer. Okay. Uh, I thought soup was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about your philosophy of travel. It's fun to watch you visit these places where you either fit in or you are completely out of place. It's fun both ways. Hey. Um, but what, what's your approach to visiting new countries, new people, new cuisines? I think I'm a regular person in that I'm afraid of everything. <laughs> and I like what I like. I like what I know. I like what I'm comfortable with. 
And it does take a bit of a leap of faith and a bit of effort, and not everything works out. They can lose your luggage. You can wind up in a place that's suddenly having a heat wave and there is no air conditioning, and you have to you know, make do. And a lot of people would rather say it's not worth the trouble. But I'm here to say it is worth the trouble. That there's no more mind-expanding thing we can do in life than travel. It really isn't a food show. It's a travel show. Well, it isn't really a travel show either. I guess. It's, it's a show about... <laughs> but it's a show about people. It's about you connecting... Yes. It's people connecting with people. Because that's the best part of travel, is Agreed. meeting the other people. Wouldn't the world be a better place if we all could experience a little bit of someone else's experience? That's the point. Absolutely. How many of you are uh, not local to Austin? How many of you do not live here? By round of applause. So most of you. Now, yeah. now what can these people do to, to experience Austin? They're doing it. Look, they came to a thing. They came to a festival. They came to see something that's not, that you don't see me every day. Um, <laughs> and you get to, you get to have a, a, a breakfast taco, which mm-hmm. probably you don't have it where, where you are. Or if you do, it probably came from Austin and is now <laughs> where you... And, and um, uh, you know, and you're going to try some of the local barbecue. And you're going to... And it, that's why we go to try what this... But if everybody has the same thing... Yeah. Why go anywhere? Absolutely. So you go, and, and even if they do have, like, the breakfast tacos I have in L.A., there's a, there's a place, very good place, called Home State. They're from Texas. But it's mm-hmm. still not the same as having it here. No. Having a Guinness at the top of the brewery in Dublin from the main <laughs> tap that goes into the main keg. <laughs> By the way, this cold brew, the nitro, kind of reminds me of a Guinness. It is, right? Can I have another one? <laughs> or a so, Guinness. Or a Guinness, Either way. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, let me, let me tell you. When did that start? Like two Cold years brew? ago? The, no, the nitro. I love this. Do you guys like this? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they're still eating their tacos. It's taken over. <laughs> the cold, the nitro. Phil, our third course is coming. Okay. A third course is uh, a pasta or salad option that incorporates some shellfish or I see meats. you've made a theme out of your presentation. You like it? We'll see where it goes. Uh, something tasty, but not too rich or heavy. So I want to ask you for something tasty. Something maybe we didn't see in the first season of the series. Something that maybe got cut out. Uh, a little tidbit, but that's real juicy. Okay, so we film eight days to make that hour, which leads to the question, how do you eat so much and not get fat? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not... When you see me eating in that segment, that's probably all I ate that day, pretty much. You know, maybe... Thank you, dear. Is that the question you're, being, you're sick of being asked? How do you eat no, so much? No, it's fine. Like Listen, it's a, natural, it's a natural question because look at, look at my beautiful body. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Is taken. <laughs> um, stop laughing now. I work out every day. I have to do something. I worked out before I came here. I did not enjoy it. But you do it, and just to, you know, especially as you get older, the metabolism slows down and everything. And then this is my whole philosophy is pick your spots. Don't be an animal every meal, every day. That's it. We're not children. We don't need to, oh, but there's candy. Yeah, yeah, there's always you. And if you're a grown-up and you have any money, and you, you could buy all the candy you want. <laughs> don't do it. Don't have. I would eat chocolate every meal. 
but I'm an adult now. So I don't do it, so I don't eat french fries at every meal. That's my, that's, if you were to ask me the one, my enemy, the french fry. Where, where have you had great french fries? Where did we? Where, did, where have you? They're everywhere. I know they're everywhere, but that's why they're the enemy. But there's nothing, there's nothing worse than a bad french fry. A bad one is, yes, it's from the devil. But yeah. the great ones, well, I mean, you have them here. I'm sure where's the yeah. best french fry in Austin? I'll go get it right now. Tell with you people. I had french fries at Clark's uh, Oyster Bar last night. Good, Pretty right? incredible. Listen, it's like anything else. If you take this thing, this is my, if you were asked me what was my favorite kind of food, I think the ultimate, I think for all of us, it's maybe why we like Franklin so much, because it takes this food that we know so well. Mm -hmm. We've all had barbecue, but if you take the thing that you grew up on, the childhood favorite, the thing you know very, very, and you elevate it to it being the best of that you ever had, that's the ultimate. So when you have the best french fry, the best hot dog, the best hamburger, the best pizza, yeah. right? The best rib, things we know, that's what's outstanding. So in every episode, I think I'm actually trying to find the best of the thing. That's one little running <coughs> excuse me, thing in the show is, if I want you to come and travel, why go to... Uh, Tokyo, let's say, and not try to find the best ramen in Tokyo, the best sushi in Tokyo. That, then, it, then I've done a public service. That's a, uh, <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on. Um, Did I answer any part of your question? No, but it's okay. You, you're showing us a good time. Okay. Do you want another taco? No, no, that would be We have some more here. Give it to the people. He says, give it to the people. How many do you have? You know what? How, yeah, how many do you have? This is not good Four. television. Four. Throw them in the center and let them fight like animals. No, don't do that. Don't do that. No, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give them to whoever asks a good question. Okay. You want me to just put them out? Here? Yeah, we will just put them out here. Oh, good. We take questions from the people I like. Yeah. People. Well, that's the dessert course. The fourth course is a, a nice piece of fish cooked to perfection. Now, to me, the Italy episode yes. of uh, "I'll Have What Phil's Having" yes. was perfection. Thank you. And, there, and I think the, the thing that made it that is the personal story. Yes, and that the went on reason there. we like that one the best, the reason I like it the best, is because of that personal story, and yet you can't have that every time. Because the, the point is, it's a, I'm not making anything up. So yeah. that happened naturally. It was this thing can if you, you just, make. Can you just remind them? Yes, if you make documentaries, them. you hope when you turn the camera on that something happens, right? In Hong Kong, I ate the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth, a, a thousand-year-old egg. It, it's, it's not really a thousand years old, it just tastes that way. <laughs> and so, cameras were rolling when that really happened. I had no idea what... Well, in Italy, 30 years ago, I met friends on a train overnight from Paris to Florence. I had no money at all. I was staying in third class, I guess, where, I don't know if you've done this in a train, but there's, there's these overnight sleepers where there's a, a couch, a couchette on each side of the little train car. Then the back of the couchette is also padded. That folds up like this and forming another place for uh, a body in this <laughs> slave ship to sleep, <laughs> and then one on top of that. So there's six people. Uh, 
So I lucked out because there was only four of us, my roommate and me, and then this couple who were dating, this lovely couple. She worked in the family bakery, and he, he worked uh, as an artisan, you know. An Italian couple. Not, yes, not Italian. Tourists. And they were just going to Paris on vacation. They'd saved up everything. We were all in our early 20s. And we stayed up late uh, drinking from the cars. My first trip to Europe. Mm. I was 23. And it was magical to talk to these people in broken, their broken English and my horrible Italian. <laughs> and they were drawing in my little journal uh, where I should go. And when I look at it now, it's the Duomo. You know, it's the, the, the most famous thing. You can't miss it if you go. They, this would be good to see. Yes. Okay. But they also gave me the address of the bakery where she worked. And so I went. First day. And there's the family. And they treated me like a king just because I came from America. 1983. <laughs> they, they sat me down. They gave me some of everything that the bakery makes. People from down the street were coming because their boy from America was here. A lady came with a steaming bowl of pasta. Someone else came with soup. Someone else came with meat. Someone I couldn't believe it. So how do you not love these people? And we stayed, in, and I would visit them, and they even came to New York, the whole family, and their parents stayed in my one-bedroom apartment in Washington Heights in New York. It was a bit much. And, and then, you know, they got married, they had kids, and, uh, and then we moved to L.A., and that was kind of, you know, the end after, and I didn't see them for 27 years, and before doing the show, I thought, you know, it would be nice to contact them since we're going back. I couldn't reach them. I couldn't find them. Oh, I didn't realize that. No, it wasn't until my wife found an old letter with an address where they had moved. Wow. And it was a surprise. Oh, it's beautiful. And it's such a moving episode. It's such a moving scene to watch when you're all reunited and the generations are meeting each other. Yeah. So that, I filmed that, I guess, two yeah. summers ago now. And... and Last summer, went back and oh, visited nice. with them again. That's great. And uh, I'm going to go in a few weeks and visit them again. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. What do you, how do you manufacture that for a second season? You can fake it, right? <laughs> you can't fake anything. I mean, I think the people know. So Absolutely. I don't want to fake anything. Absolutely. Uh, life is good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk uh, the fifth course. The, uh, where are we? The fifth course. Uh, is the business of the meal. Uh, we're getting into some meat, some chicken, fowl, veal, or pork. So I want to talk about the nuts and bolts of making a show. You're mixing metaphors. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this explains my staffing season. Can, <laughs> can you tell us how the show is put together? Uh, what's involved? How do you choose the cities, the countries? That's a good question. What's done on the production end? Because okay. it's, 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 it's a lot to put together. It is. My it's wife a, wants to know about the budget, too. It's like a show. <laughs> we, did it for, we did it very cheaply. Because it's like a show, but there are no standing sets. Right. The world is the set. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, it's PBS, so that's not money. That's very little. <laughs> and, and I, but I, they let me use whichever production company I wanted. So first thought if you, if you were going to do a, a travel show, maybe you'd think of who else has done a good one and use that production company. So I mm -hmm. thought of Anthony Bourdain, who I used to watch as a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and, and uh, you know, they're the best people in the world. So they said yes. And so I got them. So when you get them, not only do you get them, but Bourdain, that, that show's been going for 16, 17 years. So they have contacts all over the world. So virtually any place you want to get into, they can really help you get in there. So I do research. Look, we all have the internet. Same way you research to go on any vacation you would go on. For me, it's where am I going to eat? That's just, if I didn't have a show, that's what I'm doing. I'm planning my trip around where I'm going to eat first. Then I worry about, oh, there's uh, the David is there? Okay, we'll see that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm unaware, is there another way to travel? (laughs) Yeah. And then hotel and then whatever. And so they vet everything for me. They'll get me in with the lady who makes the gelato at my favorite gelato store. But I'm saying my favorite gelato, before we even go, if I know the place, my favorite gelato is this place. Do you think we could do a segment where we see how they make that? And they arrange it. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's a place I don't know, they make suggestions. Here's a thing. You have to go on a boat to an island to have this thing. We can arrange that and have a... It's like having magic fairies arrange your life. So that, this is what it's like being talent. You know yeah, that? it's so much better than the right. other, <laughs> isn't it? But you know, very very little is written. Right. You start to, you know, I'm looking for these little things that I can that we can have like benchmarks in the episode, like. What is that town famous for? Let's find the best. And also, you might ask how we pick the city itself. Well, it all goes back to thinking about what is the show about? What is the show's purpose? The purpose is to get you to travel. So if we're just starting, if two-thirds of Americans don't have a passport, this is true, including everyone who came to America with a passport, right? So if I want to get you to travel, why not start with... Earth's greatest hits. (laughs) That's why you saw Paris, Florence, Barcelona, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Los Angeles. These are places everybody would like to go. And maybe if you have traveled, you enjoy seeing it. And if you haven't, look, have a look. Yeah. Right? So now, if we're lucky enough, and the deal's not done yet, if I'm lucky enough to do more, I already know what the next bunch will be. And but it will, you know, there's a lot of hits. There's a lot of hits. It's a great big world. It's a great big world. And you want to eat it all. Somebody's got to eat it. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'm, I'm not worried about running out of locations. How, how long are you in each location? Eight days. Okay. Eight days. Well, that's a good amount of time. Yeah. So there, that's for there someone stuff, traveling. That's there is stuff, time. obviously. We can't put everything in. Right. And sometimes it's a perfectly good segment. It just either is sure. slightly redundant or not quite in fitting in with what our little theme of that episode is. Mm-hmm. Uh, off the top of my head, there was a scene in Tokyo where the, this guy makes incredible coffee. And we all love coffee. We all love, you know, it's a, it's a big thing now in the world. And this guy, he makes a, uh, an espresso that's maybe eight drops of coffee in the cup. I mean <laughs> drops. I mean it barely coats the bottom of an espresso, so it's thick like syrup. And it was extraordinary, extraordinary, in a Amazing. tiny, tiny shop in Tokyo. Tokyo is, who, who's been to Tokyo? A few people. It's the most food-centric place on earth. Every other really? door is either a restaurant or a place selling you food. They're so into it. And the culture is so beautiful that, you know, if you buy a, a, a stick of gum at a pharmacy, they wrap it for you like it's, <laughs> it's for your 100th birthday. <laughs> 
We're at the portion of the meal uh, where we have a palate cleanser. Uh, that's usually a tart sorbet that serves as a chance to take a little you've, break. You've worked on this. I know. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing else to do. <laughs> uh, I love it. This is time uh, to take a break from all that eating, maybe loosen a button or two. Not an official part of the meal. So I'd like to show if we could the, um, the egg cream clip, please. And in the meantime, could I have some more coffee? Can someone help me with that? Did you try this? So I, I got to go to the Today Show and uh, promote the show, and I'm sitting with the nice group, uh, Al Roker, Ta- Tamron, and uh, Willie, and they had me bring out some gelato. We all tasted the gelato, and then they brought out that. And I showed that clip first just to warn my friends at the Today Show, this is what happened when I ate it. And Tamron picks it up and takes a big bite of it. I said, that's too big a bite. And she goes, I kind of like it. <laughs> Now, I'm telling you, when you bite into that, the first thing you taste is very, very, very rotten egg. This is then supplanted in your mouth by this overpowering tsunami of ammonia. She it's kind of good. Um, you might like my mother's cooking. We come to the sixth course, our second main course. It's the time for you the- You should show the egg cream, because I love, that's my favorite scene in we'll the whole it. series. We, it might be it? mine too, we do have it. Oh good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it, you don't want to show a clip and then a clip. No, I do whatever you say, Ben. <laughs> I want to hear about, um, you know, this is the heaviest course. This is where we really get into it. What, what didn't you get to do in this first season of the show. What would you change about this first season? What, the can host. You, can, you be criti- <laughs> can you be critical about this, this first season? Get somebody good looking in there. <laughs> um, no one else would. I don't want to see Channing Tatum eat that, that sure century do. old egg. Ladies. I want to see you eat it. <laughs> uh, what would I change? You know, I did different iterations of this show in little forms that you never saw. And I'm glad I did, as frustrating as the process was, and I worked with people that we were not compatible, like for instance, I had a producer on one, for, I, did a, uh, I did a week for American Express where I, I went with a very famous chef to London and they filmed the whole thing and I thought it would be turn out to be something like this, but it didn't because this producer was very into getting the shots of food. <laughs> And so for him, the priority was the shots of food. And so he booked us into 27 restaurants in seven days. That's more than breakfast, lunch, and dinner. (laughs) And he wanted them all to be fancy white tablecloth places. So I was dying. And it took the thing I love and made it this thing I dreaded. You never want to be in a position where you're at a meal. And here comes this thing we worked on for three days. And you go, oh, shit. I can't anymore. I, I'm, uh, so I learned how to do it. Mm-hmm. I learned how to do it, and I learned what I wanted the show to be. So what you're seeing is actually the show I want. That's great. So that's very nice. That's and really I exciting. think if I get to do more, it'll be more like that. But I'm open to suggestion. <laughs> that, that's such a rare thing. I mean, look, you've worked in network TV for a long time. You don't always get to make the thing that you want. Tell me about it. But... but <laughs> This is actually the culmination of a few things. Everything I learned about making a television show, 
because the, the, some of the tenets are exactly the same. You're telling a little story. There is you, an answer to the question, what is this about, which I think you wouldn't be surprised to know that a lot of TV, a lot of movies, a lot of books, a lot of everything, don't answer that question. What is it about? You know, I go to the movies and I see some CGI craziness and I, I, I go, what, what the hell is this? But then I realized it's, it's not for me, it's for China. <laughs> They're making these movies for China. China somebody, told me, somebody told me the other day, don't make a movie unless you're, you're selling a toy. I get a That's Phil Rosenthal action figure. <laughs> Comes with french fries. <laughs> you put it in, like a bank. <laughs> um, uh, so there's that, and then, so yes, the, the professional side of me is satisfied. I'm making a television show the way I like to make one, and these things are made in the editing, really, mm -hmm. right? How you're putting it together. There's even comic timing that I learned from working in comedy sure. to not that we manufactured anything, but we know when to cut Absolutely. to make you laugh. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. thought about. Does it feel, when you're in the editing room, and I assume you're there for all the edits, you're yes. through, through the whole process, does it feel like being in a writer's room, or does it feel like writing a script? Does it have that same writing feel? It is writing. Editing is writing. Yeah. It's the final draft, really, right? And what you don't show is as important as what you do mm -hmm. show. I mean, it's a beautiful, it's, a, it's, it's an art form unto itself. And, and I have wonderful editors who work on all these other great food and travel shows, and they know, but there's a, obviously a tonal difference from my show to Mr. Bourdain's show. You know, I don't know if you've heard my line about that. I'm, I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain, if he was afraid of everything. <laughs> uh, so, there, so, mm -hmm. so I love that process. I love every part of it. And the other thing I was going to say is not only is it the culmination of what I've learned in the business, it's the culmination of what I love in life. Family, friends, food, travel, humor, these are the things that to me make life worth living. Right? So they're there. You should applaud for that. <laughs> The seventh course is the cheese course. Now, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of cheese on TV. There's a lot of, and we can talk about food shows specifically, because I would actually love to hear your opinion on this. Uh, you do like Bourdain's show. Love. Uh, he's what a, a superhero. I watch his show and I go, he's amazing. I'm never doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what food, what, what do you, what other food shows do you like, either now or growing up? I don't watch a lot because a lot of them take food and make it the subject of something else. What do I mean? Like to me, travel? food is not a, no, it's not a competition. Mm -hmm. I don't care about how fast you can make a dish <laughs> using parsley, soap, and a refrigerator box. I don't, who gives a shit? I want to eat something good. And I, it, uh, yes, I understand there's a, uh, oh, we marvel at the creativity. I don't care. The other thing is, I don't want to show where this person can eat more than a human being. I don't care. It's not, that's, no. you've taken the thing. By the way, we, we, in pitching this show around, I always, I actually always wanted it to be at PBS because I thought, <laughs> first of all, I would be the kid at PBS. <laughs> <laughs> that turned out to be true. And... Secondly, uh, I thought they would leave me alone. Mm -hmm. Thought. Um, 
and and uh, so we go to the we go to the Travel Channel. I'm not, I'm not to, I don't want to disparage anybody, but the, and this guy's not there anymore. But the head of the Travel Channel, when my agency wanted me to pitch at these places because there's more money in it for them. Head of the Travel Channel says, yeah, we've done a lot of research. We found our audience doesn't really like travel. So you took it? I said, oh, my. <laughs> well, what are you going to do? <laughs> they said, well, we do a thing. Uh, it's travel adjacent. Our shows are travel adjacent. Well, what the hell does that mean? Uh, well, we have a show called uh, Pimp My RV. What's that? Uh, we take an RV, we don't go anywhere, but we show you how we uh, uh, pimped it, pimped it. Okay, good luck to you. And on my way out the door, he says, oh, and our other research shows that the only food people are interested in is barbecue. Okay. So I go to the elevators with my agents, and I say, can we go to PBS now? And they go, no, 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 we've got to go to Food Network. I said, but do you know, do you know they're owned by the same company? Go to the Food Network. My hand to God, you're gonna think I'm making this up. Head of the Food Network. We're kind of getting away from the food thing. We're doing a kind of food adjacent show. Use the same word. What's adjacent to food? The napkin? What, what do you mean? Do you <laughs> My hot dog. <laughs> right. Everything is a, either a competition show or a grotesque. Uh, and on my way out the door, by the way, the only food people are interested in is. So I, I finally I got to PBS and they had seen Exporting Raymond. They had seen the, the documentary I made about taking the. They saw that and they, they said, we like the idea of you going places. I said, so does my wife. <laughs> and they said, do you have any ideas? I said, yes, I do. And I pitched this. And they said, we've been looking for a food and travel show with humor for years. So sometimes you're in the right place at the right time. And that's finally how it happened. Yeah. Uh, let's so get to... Did that answer anything like your question? No. <laughs> let's get to dessert. Something rich, something rich, heavy, and decadent. We're going to take questions from these guys. I love that. Uh, but first, I want to show that egg cream clip. Do, is there an audience mic, by the way? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to walk around with that like Phil Donahue. Yo, you're going to like that. <laughs> yeah. I hope you get groped. <laughs> you, you and me both. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get some questions from you guys. Who has a question? Yes, right here. Stand up. Could you talk about your production crew? I know you said you use a different company, but do you take your own crew with you? We take uh, it very, it's very bare bones. So you bring your, your two uh, lead cameramen and, and maybe a, a director, and almost everyone else is hired locally. All right, other questions? Yes. When does season two premiere, and will you do an episode with your parents because they're hilarious? I don't care for them, but it's nice. I'm glad that you like them. Do you have room in your house, by the way? I, I love them. They are the, the, the stars of the show. Uh, they get recognized on the streets of New York. 
it's hilarious. Uh, uh, you know, my dad just turned 90. And so I, I, we finished filming a year and a half ago or something. And I was like, let's go, let's go. Dad's 90. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it's the same corporate baloney world exists at PBS as everywhere else. And so just now we're starting to make the deals. I can't really answer your question. I don't know exactly if I was a, to bet it might be next May when you would see more episodes. <laughs> okay? Can you but, but yes, I, uh, uh, my, they will, as long as they're able, they will be in every episode because, you know, again, as a writer, you're looking for these touchstones in each episode that make... Every show is about a family. So I literally have family in the show, and I th thought it was a nice kind of, you know, it takes the place of the postcard that we all send when we travel. So now here's the modern day equivalent. I love, by the way, I say, you want to hear what I ate today? And my mom says, not really. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do they think about, I mean, you've always traveled, you've always, wanted to have experiences like this. What's their take on it? Do they, th are, do they think you're crazy? No, they thought it was, they thought it was nothing. They thought, like, they said, my mom will say, so what are you working on? I said, I'm really working on this food and travel show. Yes, 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 but what are you writing? What are you doing? <laughs> no, this is important to me. I think this is my next thing. It feels, it feels important to me. Yes, but Philip, I mean... <laughs> You just going place and eating is not the living. That's not. I'll be okay, ma. Right here. Yeah, I was just wondering if they made you aware that when Kanye West went to Franklin's, they made him go to the end of the line. That pretty, seems right. Pretty good. Have you ever thought of like developing an I'll, I'll Have What Phil's Having app where people can type in their location and see your specific recommendations for like a popular... <laughs> because usually... You, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, this, this actually happens. Um, when, I, when I am traveling, and I, I do a bit of traveling uh, as well, no big deal. I don't, have, I don't bring a camera crew with me. Uh, but I will get in touch with Phil and say, I'm going to this city, what do I need to eat? And I know you have dozens of people who do this for it's you. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. I, I, you know, we all are good at something, right? I thought I was good for nothing. I thought I was, I really, like, we, we travel. I'm, I'm going to this place they've served, that, that restaurant's been in, in the family for hundreds of years, generations. What do I have to offer these people? Turns out a chocolate egg cream. It, uh, we all have a thing. Yeah. I can show you something. Now I feel valuable. <laughs> so I love when people call or write me. We're, the best phone call I ever got was somebody said, I'm on the Ponte Vecchio in Florence. Where should I eat? And I actually could say, are you walking towards or away from the Duomo? <laughs> and I knew where to send the person, depending on what direction they were, because I've been there before and because I value that. That's my thing. To answer your question about the app, thought of it immediately, actually, as we were doing the show. And if you go to pbs.org, is it the best website in the world? No. But if you... If you go and uh, click on episodes, 
you'll see, by the way, every episode is free and streaming there in addition to being on Netflix now. Uh, I made sure every place we ate is listed and address, phone number. So you can go where we went. Great. But yes, I do want that app. I do want the, I don't know who, uh, who's in charge. <laughs> All right, we have time for a couple more questions. Anyone have a question? Um, do you have like a go-to, is it really word of mouth from friends because I have a trip coming up and going overseas? Do you, do you go to like a certain magazine or website to like look of where you're going to go or you just, who do, like, do you have a resource that you go to a lot that's your favorite? There's this device that, that you have and I go on that and I, that, I'm not trying to be glib, it's, it's everything. There's so many websites, so many places, so just Google the place best restaurants in Venice. Here comes article after article, website after website, and what I do is cross-reference. Mm -hmm. Don't t just take one opinion, because it really is just usually one guy's opinion, but when you start to see the same one coming up again and again, you go, maybe that's worth checking out, right? And of course, if somebody's been word of mouth like everything else, the, 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 your trusted friend telling you about a TV show or a movie, that's what counts more than anything. Um, since you've been all over, and I'm guessing they're flying all over, have you ever had like trouble getting to places or been like, you know, been stuck somewhere or anything? Just the usual. You know, like everybody. You know, you get to, uh, I, I uh, first trip for the show, the first uh, place we went was Barcelona, and the airline, I fell asleep with my glasses on, and when I woke up, my glasses were gone. And they literally took apart my seat looking for the glasses and they couldn't find them. So I had the whole first week, the whole first episode, I, I didn't have my, my, my glasses. So that was a tragedy. <laughs> it's these thrilling tales of travel. <laughs> Why we tune in? Bourdain would say, you know, well, the, the alligator got in my room and I uh, had to beat it to death. Now, a meal ends uh, with petty fours and coffee. Uh, just some sweet nibbles. We done with the people? We're done with the people. Okay. They don't want to, They have no more questions. That's you, fine. But they can find you on Twitter. Um, the the petty fours and coffee are sort of a thank you and good night from the chef. So the way I like to end is to ask you what you are watching on television these days. What's getting you excited or inspired? Or have you seen any movies lately? I know you watch a lot of movies uh, that you've really enjoyed. That you we watch Casablanca. I know. I have a big screen, and we put that. I love to have movie night, and people come over, and we pizza and we watch a movie on a, on a pretty big screen and we watch <laughs> Casablanca and we were just enraptured in a way that you're not anymore. Yeah. You forget. Well, yes, we all say, well, Casablanca, of course, but until you see it big the way it was presented 75 years ago, <laughs> you don't realize the impact of these things. I'm trying to get my daughter, who's going to USC film school, <laughs> I'm trying to get her to have a frame of reference. <laughs> So she was fighting me on this old black and white movie. She didn't want to see it. And uh, I, I said, well, you take my seat. You could I want you to see it. So she did. I walk in to check on her. She's asleep. <laughs> really? Later that night, I walk into the kitchen. She's in the kitchen. She's awake. She's watching the Kardashians. <laughs> so I shot her. Phil Rosenthal, everyone.
Bonsoir. There's nothing better in life than traveling. And for me, food is the way in. And so my whole modus operandi here, yeah. the whole reason for the show is to get you off the couch to come and travel. And once you're eating, you're happy. And once you're happy, you're talking to the person next to you. And you're meeting new people and opening your mind a little bit. I'm starting to get anxiety because I want everything. It all started when my mother was a terrible cook. I didn't know that certain foods existed even in the world. Like, like I never had garlic before, you know? And it wasn't until I left my, my family's house that these flavors were suddenly appearing and I was like a man coming out of the desert. It does not disappoint. There's six one-hour episodes. Barcelona, Paris, Florence and Umbria, Hong Kong, Tokyo, and Los Angeles. In the L.A. episode, you're going to see Martin Short and Allison Janney and Ray Romano, of course, and Paul Reiser. The great Norman Lear joins us at Langer's for a pastrami sandwich. One of my favorite moments was I was in this family's restaurant in Tokyo. The family specialized in making a particular kind of eel. And when you see a basket of these, you want to run screaming for a doctor. You just don't want anything to do with it. But the way they are grilled and roasted and presented, it's just delicious fish. <laughs> Wouldn't the world be a nicer place if people got to know how other people live in other parts of the world? And for me, the food is the first step. Whoa. I want you to eat it. I want you to touch it. I want you to experience it. I already tried one. I know there's different ones, right? What kind do you What did you, what did, did everyone have? Like bacon, egg, and cheese? Yes. Now the last one, I thought it was good, but maybe too much bun? <laughs> if you're going to eat, if you're going to eat more than one, maybe, maybe you take, look at that, the size of that bun, right? Maybe I don't need all that. And it's not because I'm like, oh, gluten, or I gotta watch my bread. It's because it, the the ratio of a sandwich is very important. Are you a are you a bagel scooper? Do you scoop? I do now because I want to eat more of the good stuff. The crispy, like Alex. Yeah, 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 I like that. So that makes sense, right? <laughs> Thank you. I feel validated. <laughs> Hi, Jennifer. Look at beautiful Jennifer. <laughs> So I think we're going to start with a clip from oh. I'll Have What Phil's Having. I've heard of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I go, I go on the Today Show, the, the day the show premieres, and they want me to give uh, Al Roker, Tamron Hall, and Willie Geist some things that we had on the show. So I was able to get uh, Vivoli ice cream from Macy's. You know, there's a branch on the sixth floor of Macy's. Nobody knows about this in New York. Really? Yeah. Branch How long has that been there? A uh, uh, couple of years. They put it, yeah. It's about 90% of the experience of having it in. <laughs> I mean, it's really good. Silvana Vivoli came over. She showed them how to make it. And, you know. That's amazing. It's amazing. So that's good. 
The other place in New York right now, if you're going to New York, is it's an ice cream place called, who's from New York? Anybody? Very nice. Who knows about ice and vice? Yes? I love it. I love it. I love you for knowing that. Is it, fa- is it fancy ice cream? It's, it's uh, uh, how, how would you describe it? Very creative. And very organic. And fr- yeah, it's fantastic. Even the cones have different flavors. It's phenomenal. Okay. Okay, anyway. So, a taste of Vivoli ice cream. Then they say, and, and now you're going to give them the egg. The thousand-year-old egg. They went down to Chinatown and they got the thing. And I look at it and it's almost like, it's, it's following me. <laughs> I can't. What does and, it smell like before you eat? Like, what does it smell like? Is it horrible? No, it doesn't stink. It, does, it really doesn't. I think because it, it hides all its horribleness inside. <laughs> and so I warn them before they eat it by showing that clip on the Today Show. Shortened version of that clip, right? And so Al is like, like this. Willie, it's like, I'm not even touching it. I said, I'm not, never again. Please, like, stay away from me, egg. Tamron Hall takes it. And goes like this. Whoop. I said, that's too big, that's too much. She goes, I kind of like it. <laughs> I said, you might enjoy my mother's cooking. <laughs> so, <laughs> you go all over the world, you eat so much food. Somebody has to. Yeah. You're doing. You're doing God's work. Yes. Uh, I think, is there anything that you refuse to eat? Kind of on the topic of this egg, obviously this egg again. That egg was an accident, right? I'm not looking to, I'm not Andrew Zimmern. I'm not yes. looking for the cows. Uh, the weird and the gross and the, yeah. Although, I just went to Mexico City. I did an episode in Mexico City. You know I'm making more, right? <laughs> Seasons more for Netflix. Uh, so I went to Mexico City and and uh, I look for the best. I want I want you to travel. That's the main goal. The food and the humor is the way in for me because I know we all like those things. So a lot of us plan a vacation around where we're going to eat. Like me, do you do that? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. That's first I plan thing. vacations after watching your show. Ho- yeah. <laughs> Hotel and, and museum sites and, and human beings, they come next. <laughs> but, but the real thing is that connection with other people. I honestly think the world might be a little bit better if we could all experience a little of someone else's experience. Yes, right? So, so I want to motivate you to get off the couch and come and travel. And to do that, I want to show you the best of what each city has to offer. So you're not going to see me eat a lot of terrible things because that's not what it's about. But once in a while, it sneaks in, and then apparently, to some sadist, that's funny. <laughs> like my brother, you can hear him laughing behind the camera. He's never seen anything funnier than that until Mexico City, when a great taco guy, I don't know if you saw the LA episode, a great taco guy took me to all the taco trucks, and we had him come with me to Mexico City because he really knows the taco scene. And I was into it. And then I saw this cauldron of, of yuck, uh, <laughs> offal, you know, different parts. And he goes, I, and I go, I'm a little nervous. This is right before we start filming this one particular part. He says, uh, oh, I'm going to give you three tacos. I'm not going to tell you what's in. 
All right, now it's a game show. That's, a, that's my yeah. nightmare. <laughs> I don't blame you. So I go and I sit down and he gives me three tacos. I take a big bite of the first one because I don't, the monkey never learns. I take a, like I'm an idiot. And I just look at the crew and I go, water. And they laugh. And I say, it, immediately. I turn to him, I said, what is this? And he says, it's a cow's udder. Now, it's, when you first hear that, it's not as gross a part as you might think, right? Yeah. It's like soft underbelly. What could be so terrible? But the flavor that I was thinking was, I was tasting, was almost like maybe there was some old milk left in that udder. That's the response I was looking for. That's the appropriate response. Yes. That is a bummer. <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah, that's a bummer. So not everything's delightful as it should be. Is there anything in season two that like blew your mind in a yes, good many, way? Oh, yeah, many, many, many things. What are the in, I went tops? To top things. I went to Thailand. I had, do you know what cow soy is? No. Cow what is soy that? is this beautiful. Do you, anybody? Cow soy Thai food? You do. Do you like it? It's really good. It's a bowl of like coconut curry uh, soup with fresh noodles like ramen in it. And then it's, it, there's pickled mustard greens and onions and shallots and all these very balanced flavors, right? A sweet, sour, th then giant pieces of chicken. Like a whole drumstick was in my bowl and it's a giant bowl and then topped with crispy noodles. This is one of the best dishes in the world, and in northern Thailand, it's a dollar. So it's just, it, it, can you get it anywhere, or is there one specific place you went that, like, this is the Chiang best Mai, place? Chiang Mai, a famous chef, Ian Kittichai, took me to his favorite. It's a shack by the side of the road, and it was so great that we said, we're coming here again, like, off-duty. We're on the way to the airport. Can we stop there again? That's how good That's it was. That's amazing. Yeah. Are there any other places where you you had to go back off camera because you yes, or we, that you have been back off camera? You know camera? what? There's always one. There's always one or two where you're like 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 in uh, Hong Kong when I had the pork bao at the dim sum place. It's called Tim Ho Wan, and they just opened in New York. They opened one, and there's a line, you know, for three hours yeah. to to get it. They make a pork bao with a, like a crispy top. I had three on camera, and then. Went back again and had another. The, uh, that That's was just amazing. tremendous. There's so many. Uh, every city has a... You want to know where I went so for the next six? Yes. Okay, so I went to Thailand, Vietnam, yeah, uh, Lisbon, Portugal, unbelievable, uh, uh, Tel Aviv, Israel. How did you film in... I thought you were not allowed to film in Tel Aviv. Who said that? Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a story of it because... You tried to... No, not me. Um, uh, Transparent wanted to film there, but apparently maybe it's scripted programming. But that's amazing that you were... That doesn't make did sense. Did you have Israeli crew? Maybe one or two. We always pick up a few do you, guys. Yeah, do you pick up yeah. crew? And do you talk to them about their experiences? And do you yeah. like get close with them? And do yeah. they take you places? Yeah, and I look for tips from them. That's amazing. Yeah. Some of it, you know, obviously we have to plan in advance with certain chefs and certain best of things. And it's very easy for anybody to do research when you're going to travel. Yeah, it's all on our phones. We yeah. can do so much. And the key is cross-referencing. 
right? But then we leave room for spontaneity. So if there's a guy on the crew who says, that's not the best hummus in Israel. This is the best hummus. I said, let's see. That's awesome. And we go. Okay, so yeah. where else did you so go? Israel? Israel? Tell, uh, uh, where else? Oh, uh, Mexico City and uh, New Orleans. Oh. <laughs> New Orleans should have a slogan. New Orleans, we're trying to kill you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You go there, you try to eat all that food, you know, you will die. You try to, because I got to hit this place and this place and this place. This is like 10,000 calories each place if you're going to go. And the only, I figured out the only way to beat New Orleans, you have to move there. Because then you're not obligated. You can space it out. To, exactly. Yeah. Smart. That's, that's how to do it. So everybody should move there. Yes. By the way, this is a close second right here. This is, a, you know. You know, you, well, I had, had that barbecue. Now I got to compare it to this barbecue. I mean, oh yeah, you know it's it, just it, there's so much meat. I'm yeah. sweating meat yeah. for four days. I want to hear your picks too. When we talk to them, they're going to tell us. We'll get some good tips yes. from the locals. Yes, I actually have a question about that. Where are your favorite places in Austin? Oh, I have a lot of red. Yeah. Oh, I well, you know, obvious Franklin. You got to go. You got to or you pay somebody to wait online and bring it back to you. You can do that. Is it illegal now to do that? You can do it. Frowned upon. How do they know? But how do they know who is being paid to wait online and who isn't? They don't know. And you can do takeout. That's what we do. That's what we do. Although last year I came here, I interviewed Norman Lear at the was it. Maybe it was the film. No, it had to be the TV festival. And they, for Norman Lear, because it was 105 degrees outside and he wanted to go, they said, Norman Lear, meet us in the back. We meet him in the back. They open their office, which is an Airstream trailer. And in their Airstream trailer is a little couchette, little banquette situation with a table where they eat. And Norman and I sat back there and they brought us the store. They brought us everything. It so was the greatest VIP experience of my life. Yeah. You know you've made it when you get to eat at the Airstream trailer. Eat with Franklin. Norman. That's yeah. the eat with Norman. Um, what was the question? Favorite Austin places. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's, I don't know. But I love, I love uh, La Barbecue, Micklethwaite. I love... I love uh, Salty Sow, I love uh, Emmett and Rye. Uh, I went last night to Loca de Oro. Do you know about this place? Very good Italian place from a guy who worked at Roberta's and Gramercy Ooh. Tavern in New York and Franklin's Barbecue. Lovely guy. Great Italian food here in Mueller. Okay, right? I'm going to ask you a question. That Uchiko, I did I say that? No, you didn't. So good. <laughs> I, this is going to be hard for you because I know that you have ties to Moza, but Roberta's yes. or Moza Pizza? Moza. Moza. <laughs> because I have ties to Moza. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Maybe no. you'd maybe you'd be like Roberta's. You know, this this woman is the, Nancy Silverton is like touched by God. I don't know if you saw her uh, her chef's table episode. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? She spent I don't know if they say this in the show, but I know her. She spent a year perfecting that dough because it meant the world to her to make that the best pizza dough. She wanted it crispy on the bottom, like Chris Bianco's Pizza in Arizona. You know about that place, Pizza no. Bianco? 
and but and yet she wanted to rise and be puffy on the top and she achieved this and she said above all it should have its own flavor it does. It, it does. It is incredible. Has anyone here been to uh, Pizzeria Moza in Los Angeles? I recommend it. Yes, it is. Oh, it's so good. And then, of course, all the toppings. She's not going to use anything less than. But the very first time, so she spends a year perfecting this dough, and the very first time she tries the pizza, the, the, like it's good enough for her to now test on guinea pigs. I got to be a guinea pig. Taste this. How is it? This is the best pizza I've ever had in my life. First bite. This is the, the best pizza I've ever had. I've been to Naples. I bet my, my daughter was eight years old at the time. We had just came back from Italy. She, my daughter says, no offense to Naples, but this is a little better. I said, <laughs> put this in the window. <laughs> Lily Rosenthal says. Better but, than Naples. <laughs> but yeah, I thought so. And do you know what? The first time she was ready for another human being to try it. It was better. It was exactly what it is 10 years later. Perfect. She's a, like a genius. Everything yeah. she touches. There are just some chefs like that. She might be my favorite. What are some other chefs that you, you really love and that you just like, you would follow them anywhere? It's a good question. Uh, wow. This Michael Salamanoff. Do you know who he is? I don't. He just won the James Beard Award for best chef in the United States. He has Israel. He's Israeli, and he came with me to Israel. Oh, he showed me his places that he loves. <clears throat> he has a restaurant in Philadelphia. I recommend that it's called Zahav. There's even the the cookbook won best cookbook in America the year before, right? So I recommend that to you. Uh, another place in Philly called Abe Fisher. He even has a chicken and donut place called Federal Donuts. He's got a hummus place just called Dizengoff, which he opened at the Chelsea Market in New York as well. I'm trying to get him to open it in L.A. That would be great. That would be good. <laughs> so he's great. He's Oh, and you'll see in the show, he, we go to this farm uh, spa hotel thing in northern Israel by the Galilee. It's a gorgeous place. Everything you eat at this place comes from the farm that you're sitting on, right? He improvises a meal on camera that's like, you can't believe this isn't on one of his menus because it's so, it's so perfect. There are these geniuses. Yeah, you watch, I feel like, even when I watch Chopped, yes. and I see them, you know, do, like, just like any chef that's putting together something, it's, it's, it's math that I can't even comprehend. It's I, like, I always compare it to the, their writers, yeah, they're a chef putting is together a writer. A story. You put together something that did words that didn't exist before, right? In in a certain order. That's what they do with ingredients. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I think food. I want to talk a little bit about food, kind of bringing people together. You mentioned it at the beginning, but first, I want to play a clip, the egg cream clip. That, you're very smart to pick that. That's maybe my favorite clip in the show. I think it summarizes what the show is. And, and I think it's so beautiful. It makes my heart melt to see them. I think, you know, especially now in the world and what's going on in the world. Why? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um, uh, we don't have that much time. Um, uh, 
you know, they say love is kind of the universal language, and I believe that, but I also believe that food is the universal language. I think that you yes. can bring anyone together. I think that is the most beautiful thing to sit across from someone that you don't know, that you maybe don't agree with, and you can both agree on chicken or whatever is in front of you. You got it. Or egg cream. You got or, it. It's the great connector. Right? Um, and for me, that's how we connect, right? And we have since we're, we lived in the bushes, right? We, yeah. we, we harvest something or kill something and we eat it together and now we're, we're sharing. It's a human experience to share the meal. So that connects us. And then the, to me, the, the sense of humor to share a laugh with people Right, whether they have the same sense of humor or not, it's the appreciation of each other's sense of humor, or just a sense of humor in general, that's the cement. That's the cement, and so the food and humor—that's that's what I'm, all I'm trying to get at in here. Yeah, you see what happened? I mean, that yeah. that was. There was another thing in that thing. You never think, or at least I never do, that I have anything to offer. Like, what do I? I I can't cook. I'm a lousy cook. I'm just a fan. You're just a guy eating food. So who knew that I would have something to bring them, to turn them on to? That's what everyone should realize. And something so go, simple. It doesn't have to no, be, you know, no. this crazy, you, an egg cream. They were giving me the family recipe for eels that they were making, right? <laughs> That's what they were making. And I could give them this. And That's, it was just as mind-blowing to them as the eels were to me. That's right? amazing. If you could, this is a loaded question. If you could bring the world together over one dish, what would you choose to kind of bring to people and bring people together around? Wow. Or a couple dishes. <laughs> You're asking me what my favorite foods are, maybe. You know, I, the things that just because. It's fresh in my head now, these delicious things that I just mentioned that I've had in different parts of the world. I had in Mexico City, there was a little stand where they were just carving the, the tacos al pastor. By the way, did you know this? The tacos al pastor, that giant cone of meat that they shave, that comes from the Middle East. Yeah, from, from the, the... From, from the shawarma. Yeah. They changed it to pork in Mexico City. And this one place, I had, a, I had a lot of pork in Mexico City, but this one place was so great, I was stopping people on the street to come and have it. And I thought, if everyone just had a bite of this, we'd be much happier, because you'd be, it's hard to kill somebody when you're eating somebody, something delicious, right? No, yeah. You don't have enough free hands anymore. No. No. If the food is terrible, you might kill them, but, but yeah. <laughs> if it's great, we, we, everyone's happy. So yes, there's so many. You mentioned the chicken. The chicken in Paris is crazy good. Uh, there's now a Parisian place in New York called Le Coque Rico, which is really, really close to La Louis in Paris. To that the chicken? Chi they put all the stuff inside of it? I, well, I couldn't. I was like, oh, God. The, the chicken at La Louis is there's nothing inside of it. It's just a very well-bred Yes, bird. I meant when they, when they cooked it. When they cook it, they poured goose and duck yeah. fat on it. The goose and duck fat should be poured over everybody and everything. <laughs> you, you poured it over yourself this I morning. Think you yeah. wanna, you wanna, it just made everything better. So, making things better. Yes. When you did Raymond, when you were writing in the writer's room, yes. what were your go-to snacks? 
Oh, that's a that's a very that good question. Because that is huge. Well, the army <laughs> the army travels on its stomach, and I made sure that we had the best craft service in town because it's very very important to me. Yes, yeah, I've been on shows. You've been on shows where it's just kind of crap on the craft service table. Craft service is just the food they put out to sustain the crew during the day. And I'm talking about chips, nuts, stuff you don't care about, candy even. They just want some kind of artificial yeah, boost. Yeah, just like a cart with soda stuff. But I thought, how do you show people that you care about them other than paying them a living wage and being nice, which is apparently is in short supply <laughs> today? <laughs> so given that, we're going to be nice. That's the rule. And everyone will be paid fairly. And that, what's next? What about great food for everybody? So once in a while, there would be deli flown in from New York. There would be uh, cinnamon buns from Ann Sather's in Chicago, uh, barbecue from here, uh, things like that. That's awesome. Crab claws from uh, Joe's uh, Stone Crabs. Yeah. That's amazing. Once a year. Um, we oh. cover the tables with newspapers and get hammers from the shop where they built the sets and everybody did <laughs> Just to town on some crab yes. legs. And so that was very, very important. Yeah. And because, you know, it's a, talk about connection. Let's say there's junk on the table. You just go over there, you grab it, and you go on with your day. But if something like that, the cinnamon bun from Ann Sathers is suddenly there and it's, it's even hot, warmed up, you take it, you, you turn to the person next to you you never met before, and you go, did you have this? This is amazing. And right away we're talking, and it's about something nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's... Like, I wouldn't have dreamed of coming here today without feeding, like, you had to eat something. <laughs> um, and this is good, too. I like this, too. It's very good. Not a lot of sugar. I'm going to start dancing soon. <laughs> So we're at a television festival. I want to talk about TV a little bit. Um, when you think about pitching something like Raymond now, bringing Raymond into the marketplace right now, is it the same exact show? Is there something different you would do? And I guess kind of knowing where the world is now, what stories would you want to tell today? Everyone is nude and has a gun. <laughs> That's how I would do it today. Amazing. Netflix just bought that. <laughs> I don't think we would get on the air today. Uh, could be wrong. We would not have gotten on the air the year we ended, 12 years ago now. And we had trouble getting on the air the year we got on the air. There had been a long stretch between family sitcoms. I think the Cosby show of the 80s. How's he doing, by the way? <laughs> that was the last, like, big hit before that one. <laughs> by the way, Raymond, a very good guy. <laughs> Not going to see any of that. Well... And then I say that in the, to that, tomorrow's headline. Yeah. No, no, What no. have we learned? You, you never know anybody is what we've learned, right? Uh, why am I only thinking of this now? I, uh, the, story, the stories you would want to tell. Yes. The stories I would want to tell, I, I don't know. We, we've been approached like, 
somebody said, hey, have you thought, because they're rebooting Roseanne, they're rebooting uh, a few shows, have you thought about it? And I said, uh, everybody's dead. What are you going to do? Both parents are dead. That's, that's not fun. Uh, you know, there's been tragedy, and, and there's been, and there's another reason. It never works. No. Never. When I, I love the Honeymooners. You know the show, The Honeymooners? Of course. Yes, good. You guys know The Honeymooners? Whenever they would do like a reunion special in the 70s and the 80s, you liked seeing them for a minute, and then you were like, it's not really as good as the... So let's remember it the way it was. It's fine. It's in syndication. You can watch it whenever you want. Yeah. Right? So why? let's leave it alone. I do have other ideas for other sitcoms. Uh, I tend to now want to collaborate with younger people because I feel out of touch. After Raymond, I had ideas, but you, I think you can tell that my sense, what my sensibility is. People want my name on the show because Raymond had success, but they don't really want what I do. They don't want really. They don't want that. They want that, but different, but even new. Even then, they were saying, I would get a note, can it be a little, we want it to be a little hipper and edgier. And I would say, well, you got the right guy, I'm Mr. Hip and Edgy. But you know what? I thought Raymond was, like, it, it didn't, it never felt mild to me. It did feel edgy to me. It did feel... Because of the personal uh, uh, psychologies and relationships, yeah, right? But they were not nice all the time. No. No, but they actually wanted... They loved each other. They wanted, but they wanted like, I don't know, sex jokes or something, you know. And we had a few, but they were always pitched higher. They were always, say it without saying it. Don't be blunt. Don't say the word for the, for the body part, which a lot of shows that just traffic in that, and that's, that's fine. But we were trying to do a show that you could actually watch with your kids and the, the, the kind of salty jokes would go over their heads, right? Do you have any memories? Or I'm sure you have memories. <laughs> um, Not so many are there, anymore. Were there, were there any kind of like network contentions that you really fought for that you really believed in and they wanted you to go edgy or they wanted you to go was there anything I that wrote, like- I, I'm not trying to sell you a book but I wrote a book about the whole thing but uh, it's called uh, You're Lucky You're Funny How Life Becomes a Sitcom and, and it's, a, it's about how we made the show and how you can turn your personal life that you think is not worth much <laughs> into something useful Right? So the book is about that. And in it, I detail why I quit the show twice before we got on the air. Yeah. Over, over I know that, a, casting, I know that feeling. <laughs> a casting issue, right? And a who's going to run the show issue. And this, I was writing about my family. And they were going to have somebody run the show over me. Yeah. And I, I had to quit. And it wasn't until I quit, I didn't do this for this reason, but it turned out that the quitting actually made them see that, oh, maybe I had some integrity or that I believe so strongly that maybe I am the right guy. So I tell, when I lecture at colleges, I tell the kids, always quit. <laughs> Walk away. Yeah, if I, I don't say quit because, oh, this is, this is not uh, uh, cold enough, I, I say, you fight and fight and fight as hard as you can. Yeah. And you compromise where you can because you don't want to be difficult. But if you see that 
it's going something can be compromised out of existence into something that you don't really want to see, let alone put out in the world, you've got to walk away. And sometimes you walk away and they say good riddance to you and it was meant to be. Or it's happened to me several times in my life. Come back. Come back. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think they realize that it's your it's your voice and that they can't the, the you're in dis, you're you're not disposable. You have to. And you, you have, have to. to be able to you know kind of roll the dice and make sure that they know that. Yeah. Because I think this industry is trying to keep your integrity through a lot of bullshit. <laughs> sure, and everybody has their agenda, right? Networks have business. To of do. course, they will have the. So I understand where they're coming from. You can't just you have to let them know where you're coming from. And if you want what I do, this is what I do. This thing, which seems like oh, you do it in your sleep, it took ten years to get this show. Yes, right. But now it's the for me the perfect blend of how to make a show, which I now know how to do, combined with everything I love in life. And I wish this for you, to take the skill that you've learned and apply it to something that you, you love. love. Yes, more than anything. So how many months do you, do you travel, and, and were you traveling for the Netflix show? So if I do six episodes, it'll take three months, about three, three to four months. Okay. We spend about nine or ten days in each location, which is luxurious to me. We even, you know, Netflix is, the, the, the budget now is two and a half times what it was on PBS. It's the same exact show, it's just now it's being shot in 4K, right? Ooh, yeah. So I apologize, I'm going to be super clear now. <laughs> <laughs> and... and uh, you know, the crew gets a day off in the city. So that's like that's better than wonderful. rock star life. Rock star life, you, you fly in, go to the venue, go to the hotel. Fly, venue, hotel. I, I even have a day off. And, and you see, I'm not working that hard when I'm working. <laughs> You're kind of on vacation. I'm kind of on vacation. Your job. Yes, yes. But man, uh, it's great. And then, and, then, and then, you know, five months of editing because we shoot nine, ten days to make an hour. Yeah. yeah. So, looking back on the six episodes that you just did for Netflix, are there any, like, sneak peek moments that you can talk to us about? I know we can't see clips, but are there any moments that you really love that you're really excited about on the show? Uh, in Northern Thailand, I showed you in the car. Yes. I'm not allowed to show you. They keep everything kind of under wraps there. I, I played with elephants. I go into an elephant sanctuary, and uh, this little lady, she's, she's, she's about this high. She's in charge of the elephant sanctuary. She rescues elephants from the tourism trade where people ride them, and it's like swimming with the dolphins. It turns out, eh, maybe not so good for the dolphins, <laughs> right? Yes. Good for the people. They have fun, but the dolphins and the elephants, they suffer. And they're kept, they're not kept well. And the logging industry, so these are almost like abused animals. And she has 300 acres and 75 elephants get to play, right? And she feeds them and cares for them. So I get to go. And I arrive and she says, I'm going to be up, they tell me she's on this little mound, right? And she's going to feed an elephant. And I walk out and I see an elephant. And And I go over to her and the elephant and I'm like, oh my God, this is unbelievable. I haven't been this close to an elephant since the Bronx Zoo when I was six years old. <laughs> and, and suddenly another one comes up the mound, and another one, and another one, and another one, and another one. And it's almost like, 
oh my God, I'm going to be killed now. <laughs> it turned into this terrifying moment of claustrophobia. You're in Jurassic Park. You're in, and, and something has gone wrong. Yeah. But, you know, I, I then, then I'm in the river with them and I'm splashing them, right? And you're, you're giving them a bath, right? And you know what they like to do right after you give them a bath? They roll in the mud. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I just gave you a bath. Yeah. They don't care, elephants. And, <laughs> uh, so that's, for me, a personal highlight. That, when am I going to get to do that? Yeah. And then that bowl of cow soy. Wow. <laughs> Are uh, there... Other highlights. I'm trying to think. There's so many. Every show, you know, Lisbon. Who's been to Lisbon? Anyone? How beautiful is that place? I was so surprised. I, I, it's not a, like when you think of Europe, where you're going to go in Europe, that's not the first city that comes to mind because there's other cities that are more famous. My joke is like I thought of Portugal as the Canada of Spain. <laughs> But that's not fair to Canada or Portugal. Uh, Canada, in many ways, is better than the <laughs> United States. And, and uh, uh, Portugal, in many ways, is, is a phenomenal culture, beautiful city. For instance, every sidewalk is mosaic tiles in patterns, beautiful black and white patterns. The tiles are about this big. And you're walking on this. You don't realize when you're walking in a city how much you look down to avoid stepping in things. And if, if a city cares about how the sidewalks are cared for, right? A lot of cities don't. No. So, so there's that. And then beautiful tile on the, all the buildings. And then it's hilly like San Francisco. And it even has cable cars. And it's on the water like San Francisco. And then every other shop is an amazing pastry shop. Ama uh, like amazing. Really? Yeah, bakeries. Yeah. And then fresh seafood from right there. A great cuisine. Great, beautiful people. I recommend Lisbon. Lisbon. Yes. Are there any places that you, you really wanted to get to but couldn't logistically or time? or Weather effects. Well, right? Okay. So, so we, we want to get into a pattern where we're shooting spring and fall because that's mostly around the earth where the weather's good, right? Uh, we haven't been to anywhere really cold yet. I saw that Bourdain went to Antarctica. I'm not doing that. <laughs> that's that's too many for, jackets. It's good for him. Yeah. He's, a, he's a daredevil. He's an adventurer. You know, my, uh, I always say, I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. Yeah, you're the Jewish um, Anthony Bourdain. Well, by the way, he's Jewish. He's Jewish? Yeah, I think his mother's Jewish, yeah. Yeah, ha-ha! Good for him. Good for him. Um, uh, Good for him. <laughs> um... Where do you like? Where do you go? Where do I like? Um, On vacation. Uh... I went to South Africa last year. I'm going. Where are you going? Cape Town. Cape Town. It's amazing. You it like is it. such a magical city. Why'd you go there? I went for a wedding. Two of my friends got married on safari in Africa. It was, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> like, the rehearsal dinner was in the bush. We got driven, like, through giraffes and elephants and then went to a rehearsal dinner. And I'm, meanwhile, I'm sitting there. I'm like, so we're like, there are, like, there are animals out here? I'm like, we are. <laughs> like, is there, like, are there people standing around? Because <laughs> it was middle of, middle of... I never heard of such a thing. It was crazy. No, ring bearer is a rhino. Yeah. It's on the they got married and giraffes walked behind them because they got married, like, out on a plane. Like, uh, like it was... Planned. 
Yeah, it, it was. It's, yeah, it's no, insane. It was insane. But Cape Town, we were in Cape Town before. It's just, I, the food was yeah. medium. What am I going to do? There, were, there was a couple restaurants that were completely amazing, and their names escaped me because I'm not good with names. Um, I will find them, and I will email them to you. Uh, but it's the experience and the people, and just, it was so, it's so beautiful there. It feels like, everything feels like a postcard. Yes. It is, it is so gorgeous. So I, I think that that is, that is an amazing place to be. So I can tell you, I'm going there. I'm going to Venice, Italy. Yes. yes. Most picturesque place on earth. Yes. Will look nice in 4K. Yes. <laughs> so will Cape Town. And do yes. the hikes and do the, all the sights. I'm not very athletic, but I'll do it. There's a cable car up to the... I'll do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, let's see. Copenhagen. You been there? I have not been there. Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, Dublin, Ireland. Amazing. Yes, nice. A lot uh, of drinking. Yes. So that's four. And uh, Buenos Aires. Ooh. Yes, haven't been there. And New York. Ooh. Where, what are you, where are you going in New York? That's a special three-hour yeah. episode. <laughs> how, do you cut, how do you cut things, right? It's, yeah. uh, I, I'm going to divide New York, I think, into, into classics and innovators. Okay. So like Ice and Vice, I think I want to do. I've never seen an ice cream place like this. I, I, I want to show that, right? There's a place called White Gold Butchers. Have you been there yet on no. the Upper West Side? Anybody? Go there. April Bloomfield, you know who she is? I do not. Uh, a spotted pig. Uh, oh, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Salvation Burger, I think. Uh, anyway, she's great, and she has a little butcher shop with a cafe. So all the, all the meat you're having comes from right there. Right there. And that's fantastic. That's on the Upper West Side, so there's things like that. And then there's Peter Luger's and Russ and Daughters and Zabar's and, and uh, pizza. What's your favorite Italian in New York? So many. Uh, you know, Babo is a classic. Maria, I think, is great. Have you been there? I have not been there. They have an octopus and bone marrow pasta. That's one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten. It's on Central Park South. Is it heavy? Heavy-ish, but Heavy-ish. not crazy. Okay. Like I always share everything. So you don't have yeah. to get rolled out yeah, no. afterwards. <laughs> they also make one of the best just like uh, fish, just fish baked in salt things that I've ever had. That, that's fantastic. Maria, that's from the chef Michael White. Awesome. Uh, other Italian, Emilio's Balato on Houston Street is fun. Chicken parm. Uh, oh, I love chicken. Rayo's, I've been lucky enough to go to Rayo's. You know about that? Hard to get in. You need to, you need to have your grandfather have a table. Right? Did you go with Norman Lear? I didn't go with him. <laughs> this, if, if we have a second, I'll tell you funny. This is how hard Rayo's is to get into my, my, my friend was the book agent for the Rayo's cookbook, the famous Rayo's cookbook, and they got their dividend check of $150,000, and he goes up to East Harlem to Rayo's, and he presents it to Frank Pellegrini, and Frank is like, oh my God, you are the best agent in the world. He hugs him. He goes, go, go in the kitchen, show my wife, his wife, and, and the women of the family are actually in the kitchen, and they start to cry. And they're hugging him, how this changed their lives. If there's anything we can ever do for you, he goes, well, since I'm here, maybe I'll sit and eat. And they go, we're booked tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So I was lucky to get in. Uh, We're going to take some questions from the audience. I like the people. Yes. Uh, Do we have a mic or should we... We have a mic back... 
do you want to go to should people line up? Oh. I'm just curious when we get to see season two. That's all. Oh, give me the mic back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we we it'll be ready for the fall, whether Netflix holds it or does you know. They, it's like we're stacked up over LaGuardia and we can't land because there's so many shows that it's like one or two a week. So it's up to them. They may hold it. I don't want them to hold it very long. Huh? Yeah, tweet at them. Where's that damn show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also have... Um, we have uh, to change the title, by the way. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. Don't worry. It's going to be just fine. <laughs> it's still the same. You, my parents still there. Everybody... <laughs> Yeah, but I don't want them to wait a long time because my parents, right? That's life. <laughs> Dad's ninety-one. Yeah. Tweet Netflix. Like, get on that. <laughs> Help him. Come on. Yeah. Anyone? Yes. I'm gonna. I'll. Oh, we got a microphone coming right now. Hi there. Um, so you say that you're not, uh, uh, you're self-proclaimed not a great cook, you said. But has there ever been something where you've, you've, you've made something and you're just like, oh yeah, nailed it? Yes. Like, I, and I told my children whenever I was left to care for them by a very negligent mother. <laughs> who, who like once every three weeks would turn to me and say, why don't you do something? <laughs> I would say, these are daddies famous scrambled eggs. These are daddy's famous peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> Have you had daddy's famous cereal? <laughs> this is what I do very well. My dad, made a, my dad made a club sandwich and he made, it, he made it sound like it was like a delicacy and it was turkey, American cheese, bologna, mustard, and rye bread. That's not a club sandwich. He calls it, it is, a club sandwich. It is not a club sandwich, correct. I think he's, I think he's out of the club. You uh, and he called it a club sandwich. And so I would go, as a child, I would go to restaurants and I'd order a club sandwich and they'd bring me a club sandwich and I was like, this is not you're a club wrong. Sandwich. <laughs> but isn't that sweet? That's now, that's daddy's club sandwich. Yeah, that was, but he, but that's, that's the only for, thing he could make. And forever in your mind, that's yes. daddy's club sandwich. Yes, we have to, have. That's why branding is so important. <laughs> Yes. You eat so many different types of foods, and anytime I venture into anything new, I always have a moment later that night where I'm like, oh, God, I shouldn't have had that. Is there anything that's made you sick? And also, if you're ever in uh, Dallas... Did you watch the clip? <laughs> well, like, <laughs> the next day. And then if you're ever in Dallas, uh, Lucia Italian Restaurant, it seats about 20 to 25 people. You have to book months in advance. And I only know because there was one single spot. So it's very great. Try that. Are you Lucia? <laughs> no, uh, actually, it came up because I'm single, and it said best restaurants to eat by yourself in. So <laughs> I love eating by myself. Do you like eating by yourself, or do you want and crave? It depends on the meal and the feeling. But a lot of times, I'm just I feel lonely, and I feel like some of these great experiences, they're only great if you can share them. Here's a highlight. There's a restaurant in Bangkok that was voted number one restaurant in all of Asia this year. And just by luck, we, we got in there and the guy, oh, they did a chef's table on him, Gagan, okay? And that's the name of the place. And I'm supposed to sit at this counter and Gagan is just gonna feed me. And that's nice, but then I found out that our fixer, this 
wonderful woman named Nok from Bangkok. She could never afford to eat at a place like this, and I found that it was her birthday. And I hid the cameras. I didn't let her know we were filming, and I go over to her, you ever eat here? She goes, oh, no, no. I said, someone told me it's your birthday. And she goes, yeah, it is. Happy birthday, come with me. She goes, what? And she was petrified. I said, come on, sit. You're going to sit here. And I share the meal with her. So the whole meal is from her eyes. And it's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Hi, thank you. I was just going to give you a recommendation for um, Spicewood. There's a restaurant. For where? Spicewood. It's just about 20 minutes or 30 minutes kind of south. It's a three-hour ride. No, it's not. <laughs> no, but it's called APIS, A-P-I-S, and they do all local food, and it's, it's quite nice. I think you might like it. Thank you. They and should change that name. I know. It's hard to say. They also just opened a pizza place right there. It's very good. He trained in New York. I'm telling you, it's good. Nice. Sorry, Lena. I love this. The other thing is, since you like Lisbon, I'm not saying go to Antarctica for the food. Don't. But you will love it. It's so beautiful. Are you saying Antarctica is like Lisbon? No. (laughs) No. I'm saying you weren't expecting I saw the commercial for the Bourdain thing. This is Bourdain in in that commercial. exactly an ad for Antarctic. <laughs> You're going to love it. All right. So you'll see a penguin, right? They're cute. We got one in the front. Oh, we got a lot. This one, right? All right. Let's do this and then we can go because we got two in the back. I was just going to see if you have a favorite person to share meals with or if you're just open to everyone to share meals with. You know, for my own safety... I'm going to say my wife. <laughs> and, my, and my kids, right? Other than them? What are you doing later? <laughs> I, no, I love, I, the, like we've been saying, it's the great connector, and it's such a great, I love going out with new people, old people, their, their friends, the people that make you laugh are the people you want to eat with. I can't stand, this is old man Rosenthal now talking, when it's so loud that oh, it's, you it's can't terrible. talk. I feel claustrophobic. Yes. You know why they do that? There's a, there's a cynical reason why they do it. Anybody know? Turnover. Turnover. Restaurant workers. Yeah. <laughs> to get you out. So to me that's antithetical that to the whole... makes me want to literally sit in the restaurant all night right. <laughs> and just be like, I right. love this right. loud music. Right, But... <laughs> But I hate that that's what they're secretly thinking while you're supposed to be enjoying the experience. Were your kids, did you have picky eaters? Were they adventurous eaters? Did they, were, did you? They were adventurous before they knew better. And, so they, and they knew that they could get maybe a little attention by saying no. My son, this is how my kids rebel. My son goes, went to NYU and he lived around the corner from Joe's on Carmine's, which is one of the best slices of pizza in the world. He never went. He would go to 99-cent pizza, which is awful. And I would say, what are you doing? You have the best over here. You eat it. He goes, that's $3, and this is 99 cents. I have three times. I said, yes, 
three times more shit you're having than this. You ever see that meme where the rat is carrying the yeah, pizza, pizza slice rat. in the subway? Yes. My favorite thing. I told them that's how they deliver the pizza to the restaurant. <laughs> that's the 99 cent pizza but delivery that's his, guy. That's his rebellion. That's, so everybody has their thing. Eating bad pizza? He's a, that's pretty good. Someday, someday he'll learn. <laughs> we had some questions, yeah. Uh, hi, Phil. You mentioned you're collaborating or talking with other people, so I'm curious, are we going to see another comedy that yes. you're involved with soon? Yes, but uh, only if they want to do it. Uh, by the way, it's not like I haven't tried. I'm telling you the truth when I say they don't really want what I have. It's a, it's a two-way street, though. There, there are things that I get pitched that I don't want to do because I don't feel that I could do a good job doing that. It's not that I'm passing judgment. It's just like I know the lane I'm in, and I know what I can do. It doesn't mean I don't want to stretch. It doesn't mean I don't want to try new things, right? You talked about you don't, you don't, every time you venture out, you don't like it. But I say that the venturing in and of itself, like the journey is its own reward. The tasting is its own reward. Just, we don't, we're not children. We don't have to like every single bite of food that we put in our mouths, but the trying of it may change your life. And so we try just like we try lines out when we're writing or try jokes out or try people out. That's everything. That's why we're here. That's why I want you to get out and see the world. We're, it's a, that is a one-way street. We're all going this way, right? And I always say, you're never going to be as young as you are right now. So why wait? Get out there, taste as much as you can, live as much as you can, love as much as you can, right? Uh, thanks very much, and I also want to say that the doc on exporting Raymond, that was amazing as far as cross-cultural. Loved it. That, that documentary about bringing Raymond to Russia, uh, I'm hoping Netflix will show it again because the Russians somehow are relevant all of a sudden again. And, but that, that's what got me this show, is that PBS saw that, and they said... Uh, we like the idea of you going places. And I said, so does my wife. <laughs> and they asked if I had an idea, and I had, I've had this idea for a long time to do this. Yes, what are you holding up there in the back? I can't see without my glasses. Neither can I. <laughs> Five more minutes. Hi. Quick, talk fast. Sorry. <laughs> um, my name's Erica. I'm a huge fan. Of Hello, your parents? Erica. No, of you too. Of my parents. But you mentioned your. I get that a lot. I and love I think, your why parents. Why are we all the money going anywhere? I could sit in a room with my parents if that's what you like. <laughs> I just love the Skype sessions and yes. everything. So I want to know um, if they're going with you anywhere in season two or if they'll be computer accessed. I don't know. I'm interested in that. There's a Skype call in every episode. Oh, good. And in New York, I may start a Skype call with them and then walk into the room where they're Skyping. <laughs> And say, hello, you Is didn't it know? It's a surprise, right? It will be to them. Yeah. <laughs> My question is, how do you stay so thin? Yes. You work out after eating all this food? This doesn't just happen by itself. <laughs> I, I have to exercise every day. I ran by the river to the lake today, right? I'm exhausted. Uh, and I pick my spots. Like, if you see me eating in a scene, that's probably all I ate that day. I'm like the dog that they starve before the commercial for the food, right? Because I want to be enthusiastic about it. The worst thing is, like, doing an eating show, and because and, I've been there, 
the food keeps coming and coming and coming and it's death by what you love. And then you, you want to go, oh boy, when something comes, not oh no. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And I pick my spots. I actually lose a little weight when I'm traveling. I, for, I, walk, I walk a lot, I exercise a lot, and I don't eat as much. I think everyone should pretend that they have a camera on them and you won't eat as much. <laughs> so the, it's the TV diet a little bit. Yeah. When you go to Buenos Aires, will yes. we maybe get to see you take uh, some tango lessons? Would you like I, that? Yes. Yeah. I think we would. Why would you want to see that? <laughs> well, the, they do a dinner theater, yes. lots of places, where you get to eat and you learn the history of tango, and before, you get to take a tango lesson. And you throw up. <laughs> no, it's not a hardcore tango lesson. It's just fun, and I know I would love to see that, really? so you should consider it, I think. <laughs> They want to take me out to the, to the, I don't know, the little, uh, uh, the, I don't know what's on the outskirts. I, there's a name for it. I forgot. But they want me on a horse. Yeah. Pampas. There you go. Thank you. Yes? Uh, in Exporting Raymond, we get to see uh, Russia import the show, and you help it, them make it their own. Yes. Are there other countries that are involved in a similar process right now? Yes. Uh, it's, uh, they tried it in in uh, England, Israel. It's, I think there's an Egyptian version. There's a uh, version in the Netherlands. I think they're trying Korea next. And the big one is China. If we, but, but in China, we heard you, they, they have great respect for their elders. So that's 80% of our jokes are gone. All the parent jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... so Maybe it's not going to work there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you watching on TV right now? What excites you in TV? What are you watching? What are you loving? I just saw a great new show called Sweet Vicious. <laughs> uh, Thank I loved you. it. I just saw it yesterday for the first time because I heard you were, you were uh, going to be here, so I wanted to have a look. What if it was something horrible and I have to sit next to you? But, but I loved it. I loved it. What would you have done if you didn't like it? I would have sit over here. Yeah. You're like, I don't want to be in the, yeah. don't let us in the, not in the same frame. Yeah. Um, what else do I, I love so many things. You know, thank God for all the late night comics in, in today's uh, climate. They save me uh, in, in a way. I love Colbert. I always have. I love, I love Seth Meyers, what he's doing. I love John Oliver. Uh, I love most of Bill Maher. <laughs> These are important shows. They are. So that's unfortunately in the news. This is taking up way too much of not just my time, maybe all our time. Uh, you know, this thing, this, this was never meant to be political in any way. It's humanistic. Of course. But suddenly... The embracing of other cultures and other people, I'm a liberal now, right? Why is that a liberal issue? I think that, I think that every, I feel like everything has become political, even the most mundane is political because it's, everything is so radical right now. And, yes. and But yes. I, I think what you're doing is, is needed now more than ever because you are showing different cultures and you are showing that there are different sides to every culture and there's so much beauty in every culture and, and that is what we should focus on. And I think yes. that that's so amazing and thank you for doing that. Thank Bless you. Thank you. All right. 
Uh, <laughs> where's lunch? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Where is that? Where's some shout outs on places you're going to eat today? Let's do that. Let's end Yeah, let that. me get your picks. Say it again. P. Terry's. P. Terry's. What's that? It's burger place. Yeah. I should have a burger? I've been there. Breakfast tacos, Veracruz. I love it. Okay. I love it. Anybody else? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've heard. I've heard about this. Say it again. Okay. I love Uchiko. Is it as good as that? Will you remember that? Yes, because I've heard it from two... This, you're not a third person to tell me about this place, so I, I remember enough of it that I can like kind of Google something and like I'll get to what I need to get to. <laughs> but just, lo, Loca Oro, I'm pitching to you guys. All right. Thank thanks, you, guys. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Thank you, Jennifer. Now leaving Nerdist.com.